Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's um, Wednesday morning, I guess. And um, like I said, it's a packed week with you know, all this stuff <laughs> between between rabbi questions and doctor's appointments. But anyway, uh, this is going to be the Tefillah podcast for the week, uh, which is sponsored by Stefanski family. And um, since, and I want to call attention to something, to one of the piyutim, the yotas we're going to say. I started last week by talking about the history of, the early history of Tefillah I'll get to that in the future, but since we're now in Pesach time, uh, it's ridiculous to uh, let go of some of the striking, unusual prayers that we recite or don't, depending on who you are, um, that are associated with uh, Shabbos HaGadol and, and, and Pesach and so forth. So my plan is for today and for the next time, to talk about uh, the whole you know, Yotzer's Piyutim and that sort of thing on the one hand, and then after Pesach to go back to regular davening. Uh, and I'm going to call attention to one particular piece, which is extremely famous. But, uh, listen, I grew up not saying Yotzer's either. Uh, I dabbed in the regular literature show. Look, as far as I remember, I was a little kid, so I don't remember. Maybe the old grown-up said stuff I was too bored and didn't pay attention. But from the time I remember, we didn't say all these uh, Yotzer's. Um, at least, I can't, it's a long time ago, so I can't remember. I don't believe so. And certainly, since I'm an adult and I was in Yeshiva, you know, the Yeshiva is like a reform movement. They got rid of all the sections of the davening, and one of the things they got rid of is the, is the Yotzis and the Piyutim. Okay, and that spread to the Shuls. Now, that's how I grew up, and that's considered normal. And I believe, I totally get the idea, you want to get out of the Shul early, and not just hang around, whatever. On the other hand, uh, Divine Providence has so played a trick on me that um, I ended up being a rabbi of a Shul now for many years, uh, Nusuf Sfarg. And so there they say Piyutim, and I've converted uh, to you know to the other side. So now I'm the one who leads all the Piyutim on the different holidays, even though some are long. Now this week is Shabbos Agal, and you have your usual quota of Yotzeris, but there's one very extremely famous one that's been the subject of major literature among the Rishonim, and I cannot forbear to share this with you. And, and those of you particularly who are just finishing um, the Dafyomi, and it's Pesachim and all the rest of it, should definitely look at this, even if you don't say Yotzeris. That's my point. I'm, of course, referring to the famous, uh, maybe the most famous of all the Piyutim, the Yotzeris, and that's El Hei Ruchas L'chol Basar Masar. The long business that we say, this Shabbos HaGorob, which is written by the most famous Rishon you never heard of, uh, Yosef Bunfils. Uh, I, uh, believe me, I know. The uh, We're talking over here, Early, early, early Ashkenaz, before Rashi. This guy was uh, almost dead when Rashi was born. <laughs> he's from the time, I guess, of, he's a contemporary, more or less, of the Ragma, of, you know, Ben Gershom, <laughs> you know, generation two before Rashi. And this is the early, early Ashkenaz, I'll be more exact, the early, early French, Sarfas. And um, I made reference yesterday in my talks, and I will today, to... Um, these weirdos, as I call them, which were people who are big Rishonim and Rosh Hashivas. 
Magide, Shur, and Poskim, who also were, were masculine by the standards of that time, they were interested in stuff besides Gemar, Gemar, Gemar. They were mostly in Gemar, 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 but they had other stuff too. Here we deal with the question of tefillah and the question of piyutim. It's always been controversial whether or not to include piyutim in the davening. Is it considered a hefsek or not? Is it appropriate? Maybe I'll deal with that more next week, but um, in the context of a poem uh, by Al-Kharizi. But uh, for our purposes today, just assume that, that they're there. Our hero, Rabbi Yosef Tobel and Rabbi Yosef Bonfils, who uh, was in the, in the, he died around 1050, something like that. So, first half of the, of the uh, 11th century. I know that doesn't mean anything to you, but let's put it this way. Rashi was born in 1040, and this guy died in around 1050 or so, 1060. So it gives you an idea what we're talking about. The late 900s, early 1000s. And he and his brothers and all that were among those who introduced the fashion of St. Putin and Yotzers into the Minig Ashkenaz, because there were plenty of people that disapproved of it at that time. And he was such a hush of a guy that, that it, it, it stopped in. And... um. And again, he was a big Rashiva. And he's a very famous person. Well, I can't say that. Scholars know about him. Most people don't know about him. Rabbi Yosef Tov Elam, uh, which is French for Hebrew for Bonfils, which is a French name. Bonfils means a good son. Tov Elam means a good son. Now, um, again, here's somebody who uh, very early Roshonim period. And um, listen to this. He lived in France. There are indications he went to study in yeshivas in Baba, which is extraordinary. Um, and if he didn't, he certainly had shaykhs to the yeshivas in Baba. And um, I don't want to get too biographical over here, but he's the one who, who made cop, physical copies of the Gaonic material. A lot of Chibas Gaonic were copied from him and the others copied from that. And the uh, Gaonic codes of law, this is before the Rambam and the Rif. This is like the Halachas Gedos, the Bahag. And the poem we're talking about today is all based on the Bahag. Now, let me get right down to it. We're dealing over here with... Um, now, there's a lot of Yotzers, and he wrote some also. And part of his Vahibichatsi Allah, you know, you, you, what you say in, in, in the Pesach Seder. And there'll be other stuff as well. He's a Rosh Shiva, but he also has a poetic soul. Can I put it that way? And the impetus for all these things is Karbachism. Why is Karlbach stuff now, people like that? Because they, they don't get enough oomph out of the davening. You get it? So, if it's Karlbach, it's the same words, but it's a different tune. Okay? And people say, Karlbach's... But the fact of the matter is, the Olam likes it. And uh, and that's fine. Because they want to get something out of the davening. Go onto YouTube and watch the Slichas in different places where they do the Karlbach business, all the rest of it. The people are into it. Right? The people are into it. As opposed to simply reciting it. There's the other sensibility you just recited. I get it, but, you know, the, 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 this is the idea you want to get an oomph out of the davening. Now, here we are in Shabbos Agarol, and uh, we're dealing like in the early 1000s. Again, this is before Rashi was born. I want you to understand, Rashi refers to him as one of the Gedoli Ador. Tosavus refers to him as one of the Gedoli Ador. And Tosavus, in a fair number of places, those of you just finishing the Dafyumi, if, if you did it in the last uh, few pages, you'll notice that the poem I'm about to mention to you, the uh, uh, the Yotzris, is discussed in a number of places in Tosus. So they took his stuff very seriously. I'm just saying, it's not some poem Stalman de Velteran. Now, um, so he's, a, he's one of the Gedoli adores, we would say today. Uh, a little bit different. You don't find Rav Shach writing uh, poetry, but nevertheless, he was like that. And, um, and this is really cool, because a person I'm describing has got to have something of a split personality. What do I mean? 
you got your lum dish aside. That's one, right? That is one. And, you know, a magad shir, just think what that means. It'll be Rosh Hashiva at that time. You know, got to get the Gemara and the Halach and all the rest of it. But you also have a poet side, because that's why you write all this poetry. He wrote 70 or 80 different piyutim. He was a big uh, poet. So usually we would say like this. It's a double life. You read it? It's a split personality. There's nothing wrong with that. Complicated people aren't bad. In fact, they're fascinating. They're complex. So here you have somebody whose natural nature might be to be an artist, but he's also raised to be a Rosh Hashiva or something along those lines. But here we have a chance where you can blend the two together. And that is his famous poem, which we're going to recite, those of us who say piyutim, on this Shabbos Agaro. And even for those who don't, I'm calling this to your attention. And especially those of you who know Pesachim or just learned Pesachim of the Dafyomi, you'll get a lot of fun out of reading this. Just read it. And it's in the Art Scroll Sitter. And uh, I always tell my show, whenever we do the Yosef, I say everybody should get the English, Art Scroll English Sitter. You know what I mean? So you can follow along because the Hebrew is not so simple. Except for those who have just learned Pesachim or are familiar with Pesachim from their yeshiva learning and things like that, you won't need a sitter mostly because you'll you'll be familiar with it. And he was copying from the Spanish poets who he was familiar with. After all, he's in the early 10 hundreds. This is when the um, Sephardim are, are uh, which, what's the word, going nuclear on poetry, the great po- poets of Spain, Ibn Gabiro and, and people like that. And, uh, you know, Dunash Ben Lebrat and so forth. And uh, he's clearly influenced by them. But at the end of the day, he's an Ashkenazi. The Sephardim kill us when it comes to, I can't help it. When it comes to the quality of the poems of the Putin. I, I hate to say it, but the Sephardim kill us. Right? But having said that, still comes out very cool. And what he's doing over here is doing a poetic, quick review of Mesechtes Pesachim, or more specifically, the parts of Mesechtes Pesachim that are Nogela Maisa, which is specifically the Bir Chametz, um, the Hagal's Kalim, and then the Seder. Isn't that interesting? Now, there's a tradition that you're supposed to do. Let me put it this way. I'm telling you my opinion. This is my opinion. <clears throat> I think there were a lot of communities which were very small in France, where he lived, and they were very small, uh, but intense in his time. And uh, you're supposed to have a Shabbos HaGadol Drasha. Uh, and despite what we do now, today, myself included, you go off on all kinds of tangents, strictly speaking, in classic Judaism, the Shabbos HaGadol Drasha should be a review of Hilchus Pesach. You understand? That's what it's supposed to be. And... Um, you know, without the lumdus and the pilpul and all the rest of it. Now, um, fine. So, you're supposed to go through the uh, the laws. Now, remember, we're, we're talking about the early 10 hundreds. The Rif did not exist. The Rambam, the Tour, and all the others did not exist. They're hardly in the Halacha books, except this new book that had been written in Babylonia in the Goni Kishim was called the Bahag. That was the first. And, um, and our hero made his business to be aware of it, and he... We have a manuscript from him, I believe it's still around, where he copied out and very accurately to the Bag. So he was interested in the Gaonic stuff. And after all, let's face it, you're living in France in the 10 hundreds. The Gaonim are still around, Rav Haigon was a contemporary. And the Gaonim are the successors to the Gemara because what are the Gaonic Yeshivas? Sur and Pumbadiza. These are the Yeshivas where the Gemara was put together, as you know. And therefore, you're looking to them for the most accurate form of Orthodox Judaism. Okay, with all that introduction, so if you go um, to the Shabbos Hagodol uh, Yotzeris, uh, he has a, a little introduction, 
And the idea is like this. I'm going to write a poem that everybody will recite, and that will be your Shabbos HaGold Rasha. You get it? Notice the average guy out there who knows that to learn a little bit, who can at least read the poem, or maybe the local rabbi will guide them. After you say this poem, you have fulfilled the Shabbos HaGold Rasha. You've had your review of Hilchus Pesach, um, uh, the important parts, the Masech, the Pesach, important parts, just from reading a poem. I th- I think that's kind of cool. And he begins, and you can look at it in the art scroll, and again, I'm, for your convenience, I'm pulling out the art scroll, English Hebrew Sitter, I just took from my shoulder, so it's no so fired, but it doesn't matter, you can find it in the back, and uh, I have it on page 960, and uh, he has this introduction, they used to do this, so imagine the Chazan standing up, I and mean, it could be the Chazan just recited himself, or maybe the Rav, or we don't know what the difference between the Chazan and the Rav was in the 10 hundreds, <clears throat> and of course, he says, I take my position uh, in, in, in trembling, standing at the bima in front of the table. This is something that every rabbi does now, a standard procedure. Once upon a time, it's a whole issue. Can you go and turn your back to the Kodesh and all the rest of it? I'm standing here, you know, um, in, front, in, in front of the table. And I'm asking permission from their Banishalm to, to speak. Chil Koni Akshiva Yasha. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you know, he goes, I I, I asked that people should listen. Uh, and he says, Now I'm going to um, share the knowledge. The best historians and the guy who knows most about this, our hero is Professor Grossman, wrote about extensively, Avon Grossman. He's Mr. Early Ashkenaz, and he really wrote a very nice, uh, long piece on um, our hero in his famous book called Chachmei Sarfas Arishonim. It's so famous you never heard of it, but it's, it really is very good. And here, I repeat what I said. This is the generations before Rashi. Chachmei Sarfas Arishonim. He's not even getting to Ashkenaz, meaning Germany. They were next door to France, but the early, early, early ones were there, by the way, our hero wrote um, a Shulchan Aruch, the Machzor, as he calls it. You've heard of Machzor Vitri? That was in Rashi's time. The original Machzor was from Yosef Tovel, which is a combination of prayers and what you and I would call a halacha book. So he's quite a guy. And that's what he's doing over here. And he's saying, as I just said before, Zos Ladas Achashwa Mitam Chachme Yeshiva. I'm going to give you the, the, the halachas. According to the Chachmi Yeshiva, he means the the the, the, the Gonim, the Yeshivas in Bavel. You understand? And uh, basically, it says like this: You have a lot of uh, ideas out there. You know how it goes. Ashkenazim particularly pick up folk uh, practices, minhagim. Some are correct, some are not correct. Give it a few generations, they'll be hardwired. But some we're talking in the early period. And um, uh, he says, I'm going to show you what the halacha is from the Gemara, from the Talmud Babli. And uh, after, you know, and it gives a whole long floor, floory business. But then he says, Shaddai Cheli Ta'ames, I pray to God to strengthen me. Um, and you can get the English, look at the art school. I mean, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I don't trust their translation so much, but it's good enough for you. Tadif Katvakomis, Levar Belishemis Hilchas Birchamis. That's my point. He said, I now will undertake in this poem to explain Hilchas Birchamis. And he starts by saying, This is so famous, it's known throughout rabbinic literature as 
You, you'll find many times in the early Rishonim they refer to this. Okay, and Choklam Amaser is is Hiram Bixav Moser lived on Chometz or Larbosar. So now he starts with Masechet Sachem in a rhymed form. I think it's cool. Again, is Hiram Bixav Moser lived on Chometz or Larbosar. B'shosh ain't bnei adam b'tzuim b'shuka b'or haner yafel abedika ain't bokin lo lo rachama lo elavona lo elavuka b'tzarch levarch al bi rachamitz kechuka as opposed to you know levaira as a chamitz. So basically, what's he doing? He's taking you to the gemara daf beis daf gimel daf dalit in a rhymed form, and you, the reader, are supposed to say, "Oh, I know what he means." <laughs> right? Right? Now, see, this is my point. If you just read the art school translation, you missed the point. It says one must recite the blessing concerning the removal of Hametz. That is in the literal translation. But you, who are supposed to know better, you daf yomi guys and all the rest of it, you know, is a question in the Gemara. Is it Levi or Hametz, Albi or Hametz? And so he's, he's just sharing with you the way it goes. I'm going to continue. Gamar minatri ad debasra, miyad sar chlavata ashar, as ashar ba'amira. Right? You, you, you wait till the last minute, and then you mavatal the shar ba'amira, and what do you, in other words, that's Bir Chametz, Betel Chametz, what you say with, with Amira. And what do you say? Vulay Mahochi, Kol Chamir Dika Ba'adadira, Dela Chamit Dela Biyarti, Liv Tov Lehevi Ka'afra. That's what we recite at nighttime. Di Mishtak Aliyas Oseshah, Enochai Bali Rab Bali Matzah Le Pasha. Then you won't be over in Bali Rab Matzah. Now, who can understand this? Right? People in synagogues 100 years ago, 50 years ago, the average Baal in America, this is just a different universe. He's expecting you to know Gemara. Right? You don't have to know it super Ian, but you expect you to know the basics. Now, today, here's my point. That's why I'm sharing this with you. Even if you're not a person who's into Yotsu, so all the rest of it, just as a person with some learning, you would find it very interesting, at least I do, to go through this poem and say, yeah, I know this, I know this, I know this, right? Because he's taking you very quickly and very poetically through Gimel, Dalit, Hey, Vov, Zayin, Ches, Tes, Yod, the whole first parak. You know, that's what you save for tomorrow morning. And, you know, he talks about the case that, um, you know, you put in five pieces and one is missing. One's missing. That's the whole sugi about whether a weasel took it away. These are laws about whether you, you know, and which are the parts of the house, those that are high up, you know, you didn't put chumas in and lower down, but the ones in the middle, you do. And he's going through all the places that you find in the Gemara where you have to check. And then, again, a famous case where two people are living in, in a house you know, two houses next with the same wall in between. Zebed Bodik Mavato Sharo, Bechem Basi Baisi Hudivel Bikacham Chayv Lavaro. Right? If you have a guy as a next door neighbor, Plimo Mekel, Shamiyobit Ogacham Kishava Bachavaro. And we go like Plimo, they, you know, don't do it if you have a guy as your neighbor. You might think you're doing witchcraft on them. And in the 10 hundreds, they could kill you for that. And anyway, it goes on and on and on like this. Um, then. Uh, let's put it in, and I won't read the whole thing for you, but I hope the little bit that I did, I'm here again. If uh, a building fell on the Chomets, and you know that a dog can't get to it, that's what the Gemara says. Right? Then it's considered Mevoar, Lorraine Pichim for good Jews, meaning that's just poetry. 
It's just straight into Gemara. Okay? Now, um, then he moves effortlessly into Kashering for Pesach. Right? You know, salt storage and candle storages and all those sorts of things. You don't have to worry about the chotzer because the birds will eat it. Um, and motzi chamas and pesa betoch beso kofa v'akli belila rosa. And im shal hegdish ain't sarl chaso the fishi bedel miyoso. These are all straight in there. And then, as I said before, he gets into the gemara. I'm um, into the hechsher camps. That's already second, third chapters. Nafi patil biyar dishtamish cham biyar. If you use things in hot water, sarl agila then you do hagola. Then you go rabazeir. You put it into a big pot. Rabba get down for us a benura and put it on fire. Sakini shtamish for chamiel aruchim. What do you do with knives? Okay, they were used with chametz. Imevsha chadashim lech. It's better to make new ones. This is all straight in the Gemara, but it's it's uh, enchanting the the uh, poetic uh, uh, pace of it. Now I'll skip over to the, the to uh, the next the second half because once he does another twenty thirty lines, then he's finished the laws of Heksha Kalim. So you finish. So let's put it this way: He's taking you through the first chapter, four, first four chapters of Pesachim. He's skipping chapters five through nine, which are about the carbon Pesach. That's not Nogea. It's not for Shabbos Agoro, right? We don't have Beis Hamikdash. And then he goes straight to the chapter ten, which is Yain Kisa Adam LeMitzvah Muktam. You want red wine? Lotzeis Bechavos Adam Imen Kundin Bushal Negdam. And about Arba Kosas Halol. You see, he's already in the tenth parak. What do you do with the four Kosas? Uh, and, and don't be mekel on it because you have to have four you know you know the Gemara says they got headaches when they drank it for women too He's mom's getting home to Shabir. He said the women have to do all this stuff, even though it's a mitzvah. Say, Shazman Groma, Shakoshi Yishna Ba Tokal Chomets, Yeshna Bakumechomata. So I keep repeating, you're supposed to nod your head and smile as you read this. You see, I know that. Mara Rainbo Chova, Kaskusi Tova, Hasibisimin Asaba Aina, don't do on the right side, Shiaktikhanavesha, Prokum and Khajwa, and so on and so on and so forth. Right? Lachtov Matzah Balila Psachan Kadesh Prokum, and they talk about stealing the matzah, you know. To keep the kids up, haprachim the little the little kids, vachiyam regularly smechim, and the mitzvah simcha b'migdash b'basar v'hashda b'yayin rekuchim. Nashim chayovus lismochal harnim b'babel b'bigdi sevonim. The Gemara says in Babylon to buy the wife a new a new dress. Be'eretz Yisrael b'bigdi pishnah l'banim. Nashim b'yayin misan and the men go for the wine, and uh, and it takes you all through uh, the. The uh, seder stage by stage, right? Uh, for example, um, as I said before, that this is quoted by the different shonim because we have all kind of arguments on, on, on nitty gritties of the seder. You know, what's the karosis for, and what's this for? And, you know, do you, do you wash at this point, and and you make a bracha here, or you don't make a bracha? And he he has it in there. He's again, I repeat, he's following the bahag. Okay, he's following the bahag, and um, uh, what do you call it? For example, shakal gagira or karpas al kuzbrachasim. You take what we call the the karpas, v'yipah b'charosis, and you tovel charosis v'yivar b'priyadoma. Right um, now, 
uh, do you do that? Do you tovel your karpas in charosas? Or do you say, no, we do that for the morrow? You see? So that was a whole debate in the Rishonim. And again, just for convenience sake, I'm pulling out a Gemara that you guys who are listening, many of you should be familiar with. And on Kufyo Dalit, yeah, just highlighted it. The Gemara is discussing Batabo Bachazeris from the Mishnah. And what does that mean? And Tosa says, Ocho Chazeris Batibul. You know, you take the Chazeris, uh, you know, and, and, and you table appears Rajbam, the high Tibul Laba Charosis. Okay? And don't dip in a Charosis. And there's a whole discussion. Then and he says, Udlokrab Yosef Shaosa Beseder Vyidba Charosis. We don't follow what Rabbi Yosef Tov Elam said in the poem that I'm reading to you, right? Where he says, Yutobel Charosis. That's a different opinion. I won't go into that. But the point is, look how serious they took his poem because it spread everywhere and he was a big authority and people referred to um, and people referred to him as a, uh, uh, what do you call it? As, as uh, you know, the man. But on the other hand, on specific in Yonim, the Gedoli Ashkenaz, like the Rajbam and others, were Medayik and the Gemara, and they did their own thinking, and they didn't agree with everything that you find in the Bahag. And therefore, even though the poem is recited by everybody, but we don't follow it 100%, you see? And that's the kind of thing that, as they say before, the Rishonim are into, and they treat it very uh, seriously, okay? And uh, here's another one where he says, let me find this over here. Uh, when they moved the Seder plate around and all the rest of it. Bashasi uh, Murray, one second here. Shokal Gagir, Moshech Me'akaira, Shnei Tavshilin, Dinam Bissar, Kabbat Salili, right? You remove, before you do the Lachmanya, Moshech Ha'kaira, Shnei you take the two Tavshils, you know, the two pieces of meat. Off the, the shank bone and the and 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 the uh, what do you call it and the egg, uh, the two talshilan, the isra and you know they originally used to be bisrakavra, uh, okay. So it knows the roasted uh, meat and the fish and so forth, right? Or roasted meat and cooked meat, you know bisrakavra slili inami gamra bishuli, and then you see alachma anya kule, okay. So again, um, do you take the two pieces off? Um, and again, I'm looking at tosas on. Kuf Tesvav Ahmed Beis, where it says Lama Okrinis Hashulchan, and um, you know when you move the, the the seder plate off the table or, or or you move it around on the table, wherever, whatever your custom is, and Tosis is Masha Noagin Lasalik Shnei Tavshilin B'Shas Hakbov, right? What's what's the idea of taking the two pieces, like the shank bone and the other thing off the off the plate? Kadesh Lo Nira Kimekadesh Kachem Bechutz, right? It shouldn't look like you're doing carbonas here. And again, and that's what you find in the famous poem of Yosef Tovelam in his Seder, meaning in the part of the poem I'm reading you now, which deals with the Seder. But Tosis disagrees. And he, you know, again, so I'm simply pointing out that this poem isn't Stama poem in the Velteran. But it achieved a canonical status. I don't hesitate to say that. It can achieved a canonical status in Ashkenazi culture. And um, this is the formative period when a lot of the Ashkenazic additions to the Seder came to be. 
What I mean by that is a lot of extra songs. I don't think this Friday I'm saying by Hey Bechadzi Alayla. They don't say Chagadi and all that kind of stuff. These are Ashkenazic additions. When did these things pop up? Um, now, at the end, right? Uh, at the end of the poem, which is not far from where we went, it's not that long. That's where he concludes by saying, Chasal Seder Pesach, Kil Chasal, Kichol Mishpatav Chuzo, Kasher Zachin Lasader, so, Kain Niskalasa, so, this famous Chasal Seder Pesach that you know from the Passover Haggadah is lifted. It's not from the Haggadah, it's added to the Haggadah after this guy's poem got popular, and then somebody figured this is a very good idea to stick in at this point in the in, in, in the Pesach Haggadah. You, you understand? No, there's Chasal Seder Pesach. That everybody knows that's a poem from Rabbi Yosef Tovelam. It's actually the end of his poem. That's why he says, Chasal Seder Pesach. I've just finished doing the Pesach. He means, I've recited for you in this poem all the halachas over there. Not the way that you and I do it at the Seder. We have now concluded the physical acting out of the whole parts of the Seder. You know, and, and, and so, ironically, his. Uh, what's the right epilogue has achieved universal status? Everybody knows Chasal Cedar Pesach. They may not be familiar with the fact that it's actually lifted out of um, what he called, you know, uh, the poem that he wrote on Hellebrook, who's a Chobosser. So I think it's really kind of cool, and everybody should take a look at it. And especially, as I said before, if you have any shaykhs to um, Gemar Pesachim, you know, you, uh, you'll, you'll have a twinkle in your eye, uh, I would say, when you, when you read this. I went looking. Uh, he has a a uh, poem afterwards called Siluk, in which the same author, in which it's like a postscript to all this. And here again, and we don't say this. It's not in 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 uh, my sitter, and it's not uh, in most sitters. And I tell you the truth, I asked Jonathan Mormon for the bear sitter, and it wasn't his edition either. But then it occurred to me, I went online, and in the Hebrew books they got it in the old bear sitter. You know, Seligman Bear with Davodis Yisrael, where they have all the Yekish stuff. But this is pre-Yekish array of here. And look at this. You know, notice, after you finish this poem, you say, L'chol Salah Kedush, Atah Kedush Yisrael, Moshiach, and then you're supposed to say, in Mashal, you say uh, a Kedusha, right? You're done. Everybody says, woo! Uh, no! They have a Silik afterwards, and the same author goes with a long poem. Listen, it's Ashkenazic, you know, Yotzeh, so they're kind of long. But I want to show you something. He's again trying to educate the Tzibor what the reasons for what we're going to do on Pesach. And so for uh, in the middle of all this, he starts, Lama Pesach Min This is what you're reciting in Shul as the Yotzeris a thousand years ago and, uh, and, and at other times. This is what we're reading. We're reading, Lama Pesach Min HaTzon, Shepasach Right, the God skipped over and had, had, had um, pity on us, who are called the Tzone. And like a faithful shepherd, he took them away from those who were mocking us, meaning the Egyptians. Why was we told, why were we told on Shabbat to take the animal four days before you shechted? And why was it given to those who are circumcised? And not for people who are uncircumcised? And the answer is Kadeshu beyond a mitzvah mitzvahsheya. So they'll have mitzvahs as the famous Ghazal, the Dam Mila and the Dam Psachim. See, he's using like a catechism, like the Catholics. Question and answer to teach you the ABCs of Pesach before he had Shimon Eider and before he had ten thousand other books 
that exists on the line to tell you what Pesach is about. This is how they did it long ago. Right? Because the time had come to uh, fulfill the Shavuot to Avram Avinu. And it's mispossessed by Demayich. For Laman has seen this dumb al mashkim shtei amosuzos. Why is there? Uh, see, it's all part of davening. Why do you put the blood on the on the mashkim and the mezuzos? Shehein sholosh mizbechos. These were the three mizbeachs. This is from Mechilta. But makom roim osam lachzos. People should see it. Zeicher sholosh mizbechos shall av hamon near Moses. And it's a remis to the three mizbeachs set up by Abraham. Shebedon ubeisel beilam mori nechrozos. I bet you most people don't know that. Vulama achilas. Chametz l'sheish shaos, right? Why achilas chametz l'sheish shaos? Why do you restrict it then? Zeichel lechi pazon shchino lahavik zeiras rose medalik al hermikatsu. That's we get it out quickly. V'lom achilas matzah lechem oni shelo hispik botzeg lachmitz ashiga olam meoni v'lom a bemoror shetchiloso rach v'sofo kasha. Why moror, which which tchiloso is rach and the end is bitter? That's how the Egyptians enslaved their ancestors. First, they spoke to them, that's the Medrash, of course, before. You know what I mean? They persuaded them to do voluntary labor, and then they made them do it. Right? You know, they made the men. By the way, according to this, according to this, the women were also enslaved. And why do you make, you know, thick things like a brick in the charosis? You know, when the Jews had to make the straw. Why do you have the two pieces of meat next to the matzah? Why do you have the two pieces of meat next to the matzah? You know, he gives a halachic reason. Now, I'll say it again. To appreciate this, you had to have been somewhat learned a thousand years ago. Okay? But he apparently is relying on that. Okay? So he's got this whole thing on the Arbacosis. And this is from the Gemara, which says it's to feed the Goyim. I'm talking about in the Yerushalmi. The Kosa Tarela is a Pusik like that. And so on and so on and so such. So if you're at all interested, I don't know who I'm talking to, but if you're at all interested in this sort of thing, you go to the uh, Hebrew books and go to the Bear Sitter and you look for page 719, and you'll read it. It's, and I think it's interesting, particularly when we realize this is written before Rashi. This is old. Now, what's he doing? He's giving you a quick march to on Shabbos Hagadol of, of what's coming up. Okay? So in the first half of the poem, he gave it a halachic stuff straight from the Gemara. In the second half of the poem, this Siluk, he's giving you what we call Ta'ameha Mitzvot. 
And after all, let's face it, the whole Seder is about Tamei Mitzvah. It's all symbolic, right? It's all supposed to teach you, like it says, Matzazu Hashem Marzu Hashem And so, uh, as you see over here, we're dealing with uh, a famous business. Now, let me tell you something. This was this poem was considered so chashav that one of the Rishonim, of Shmuel Afalais, wrote a whole parish on it. And again, I'm speaking to those there who are uh, scholarly to some degree. If you if if you're interested in this, you look in the um, in the Orzarua, who lived not too long afterwards, the Orzarua, and um, in Hilchos Sochem Simeration involved, and look what it says. The Orzarua is Rabitzik of Vienna, but he's including something from one of his um, earlier contemporaries, or Shmuel Falais. You never heard of Shmuel Falais. Just take it from me. I'll make it easy for you. He's the Rebbe of the Maron Rottenberg. Okay? Good enough? See, he's a big guy. And he found it worthwhile with Shmuel Falais from Paris, you know, um, from Falais near Paris, to uh, he has a whole Pirish, like a Kahati. I kid you not. I kid you not. He has a kahati on this poem, okay? And he treats it with great halachic seriousness, and he's mafavl in it, and it's pages and pages. In other words, he's quoting the poem line by line, and then he has like a whole paragraph on each one, whether he agrees or disagrees, or whether our, the minig of France is, is like that or not like that, and it's many pages. It's called Elu Perushi Elohei Ruchas Lechol Basar Fapisakim. This is a pirish on the whole poem of El Heiruchas Lechol Basar. And the psaks that come out of it, the halachic conclusions, okay? Pirish of Shmuel Mufalais, and um, uh, what do you call it? And he, I mean, literally Kahati, because when it says El Ruchas, the Pirish says, Mikra Kosov Parshas Korach. If you want to know where do you get expect, ex, get the expression El Ruchas, that's in Parshas Korach and in Parshas Pinchas, right? You know, where God says, I'm a Moshe's El Ruchas Ishal Eida. And look at Nishna the Kra. And so on and so on and such and such. I mean, it's in pages and pages. I see online, but I don't know how to get at it, and I'm not that big of a scholar, that um, somebody has recently published um, on the Otsar Chachma a critical edition, right, scientific edition, of what I'm talking about, of the uh, the Kahati of Rav Shmuel of uh, I repeat, he's the Rabbi Maron Rotenberg. He was actually in the debate with the Christians in 1240 with um, Rabbi Chil of Paris. He was one of the people who had to go. Um, on Mamashtit's poem. So you see how um, Gedolim were no sevenoten in the words of the poem and they treat it like it's a text and they have to be mafarshit and they agree with it and disagree with it. And so all I'm saying is anybody's interested in the Jewish tradition at all and uh, the davening at all connected with this week with the Shabbos Agoro, it's a waste to let this week go by without looking at this poem, even if you're not a Piyutim guy, and even not a Yotzer's guy. I haven't talked about the other Yotzer's in uh, Shabbos Agol, which are plenty big, right? But this one's kind of unique, and as far as I know, it's the only one of its kind. I looked in uh, Jonathan's uh, Jonathan Marvin's other bear edition sitter, and I see the Ekis, if I understand it correctly, have, I don't know why this is, they have a knockoff of this poem. They have a guy who wrote a poem a little bit shorter, I think it's called Adir or something or other, and um, it's and, and, and as best as I can tell, here, let me pull it out over here. This is obviously the abbreviated version, and in this, their Shabbos I've got all thing, 
Get on in the wider. It's called Adir Dar Mesuchim Bechesed Kol Malchim, and it's it's somewhat along the lines of what I just said. But why do you want to see a knockoff? Why don't you go for the original? You understand? Uh, and I'll say it again. Rabbi Yosef Talmud was considered Godol Ador Barashi. That's pretty good for me, <laughs> right? And so uh, uh, I hope, as a result, of what I said today, you'll take the trouble to look at this. If you're really a big scholar and you're really interested in this kind of stuff, you'll check out the Orzarua. As they say, born Hilchas Pesachim and Simon Ration involved, and you'll get the whole business in there. Uh, and you, uh, if you're a real Lamdan, you'll go to Shul on Shabbos in the morning, and um, you'll, you'll, you'll look at the poem, and you'll have in the other hand the Arzarua, and you'll go through it line by line or whatever you feel like doing. And, uh, you know, you, you'll see that the world of religious poetry isn't boring for those who are educated especially in this type of case, and um, it can enhance uh, your appreciation of Pesach. Anyway, that's what I wanted to share with you, and then I wish you a hard question with some man. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Oh, by the way, I almost forgot. This Rav Shmuel Falei that I just mentioned before, <coughs> who wrote this long explanation, this whole country's his treatise on the poem, I think, I think, he's the guy who made up Kadi Shurachatz, Karpas Yachatz, Magid Rachatz, Motsi Matzah. You know, uh, and, and that's just very interesting. Uh, that shows you, the Ashkenazi uh, uh, put a lot of extra pitch because into the Seder. I just wanted to tell you that. Uh, okay.